Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Eddie and Matt Outkick Their Coverage. This episode will be giving our reaction to the AFC East team's drafts, but I just wanted to air my concerns about the soon-to-be Super Bowl champion Cleveland Browns. They had such a feel-good season last year and got better with the addition of OBJ and picked some nice pieces in the draft. But my worry is the Browns are going to take some of the shine off this by picking up free agents with chip issues, which is US media slang for saying they're wrong'uns. The Browns organisation are in a win-now mode and the fans are desperate to stay relevant and have a team they're not embarrassed by. I just hope it doesn't tarnish any success they might have or ruin the chemistry the team has under Baker Mayfield. Right, after that public service announcement, we shall move on to the draft. Uh, AFC East, like I said before, uh, I'm going to start with the Bills. Now, Eddie loved the Bills draft, uh, so <laughs> I'm going to look forward to his opinions. <coughs> I'm focused on Dawson Knox, the Titan out of Mississippi. Around three NF, uh, in the round, in round three of the draft, the NFL comparison was the Vikings tight end, Carl Rudolph, so there could be a worse comparison, I suppose. Uh, the lad is a decent blocker, uh, he's, decent, he's good in pass pro, he's a run blocker. They had him lined up in, as a fullback in certain situations at the goal line and if they needed short yardage. Um, from what I've seen, he's a decent pass catcher, but he was behind AJ Brown, DK Metcalf in Mississippi's pecking order, so didn't see a, a ton of targets. Um, not a great route runner, but uh, average average 15 yards a catch and tackling him, it looks like it's no fun at all. If you're thinking about tackling, you need to bring a friend. Hi, afternoon, guys. Um, yeah, I absolutely loved the Buffalo Bills draft. I think it was the best draft out of everyone's. Um, I, was, I, I loved a lot of the players who they've picked up. In rounds one and two, I can't believe the pair that they actually picked up. The first round draft choice was um, pick number nine, Ed Oliver, defensive tackle out of Houston, and I was so envious when they picked him up. I know as a Minnesota Vikings fan, everybody wanted an offensive lineman, but had this young man fallen to us, I'd have been over the moon to put him into our system. Um, he's fast, he's flexible, he's got good feet, he's got good hand usage, his anchor's absolutely excellent, he's, he's got elite penetration ability, he can just get through, he can get towards the quarterback. He's not the biggest, but he was still played at nose tackle whilst he was at Houston, just because he was so good, he could eat up blocks for the other players to try and get towards the opposition quarterback. But for a man his size to be able to play at nose tackle and have any form of success is actually pretty amazing. I think the fact that he's eaten double and triple teams in college and now he's coming to the NFL where he definitely won't be expected to play at one technique or, no, or as you know as nose tackle he'll just be playing at three technique and getting after the quarterback stopping the run there's not many holes in his game other than his size really and I think a lot of people were put off by this but what you see on tape and um, the talent he has I think they'll just it'll just be a tremendous pickup for the Browns and as has been mentioned many many times and it'll be mentioned more times during our analysis of the ACE drafts that Tom Brady does not like interior pressure and this young man is going to be in his face quite a lot um, his hand usage is pretty good but it just needs to be more consistent um, because with the bigger guys and we've got a strength advantage on him he could have a, a little bit of an issue with them and as we know the Patriots like to stack their interior with some big fellas and um, that'll be a little bit of an issue for him but hopefully his speed and more consistent hand use will help him you know, succeed at this level 
But um, as I say, I'm absolutely envious of the of the Bills here to be picking up this guy. He's absolutely tremendous. He was the number one defensive player coming into this year's draft, and he only got overshadowed by the likes of Nick Bosa and Quinn and Williams, which is pretty tough competition, in my opinion. And had he not been played out of position, I think he'd have been a shoo-in for a top-five pick. Round two, they picked up Cody Ford, another fantastic pickup, and another player I would have been happy to end up at the Vikings in round one. Um, he's a big guy, and he, he's played at guard and tackle for Oklahoma. And but his uh, his protect. You I mean you got to think to yourself, his protections helped uh, two quarterbacks become Heisman Trophy winners and be first round draft picks in two years in a row. He's uh, he's got great balance for a man his size. He's got tremendous power and. Once he's set, he'll be very, very hard to move. He's on Mauler, and he'll suit Buffalo really well. He'll just get at at people, throw people around. He needs to work on his footwork, but his athletic ability and his strength really cover up for that. I'm not sure he'll be, uh, you know, as useful in a zone scheme which the Vikings will be running, which is probably the reason why they didn't take him and we went for the player we did go for. But for the Buffalo Bills, I think having someone who's gritty and strong is just exactly what they like and he'll be able to play anywhere on their rebuilt offensive line uh, round three uh, they picked up Devin Singletree out of uh, running back out of Florida Atlantic he's an elusive runner um, and before the combine he was probably rated as a top five back um, everybody ex- really expecting big things at the combine and then he got knocked down the pecking order due to running a 4-6-40 which isn't ideal for some uh, he's not going to blow you away. He's not going to be this power back who's smashing the ball through. He is strong enough. He's got good balance, but his main his main ability is his vision. Um, he can he can run side to side really well and find holes and get into the crease. The only issue is the burst and the like. The burst of initial speed um, will get him so far with his with a little bit of wiggle in his hips to get past people. But it's the long speed. He's probably not going to take it eighty yards for a touchdown but he'll probably be able to get you those much-needed yards for first downs consistently if he gets to play. And with um, LeSean McCoy's contract being so expensive, if he plays well, I can see the Bills getting rid of LeSean McCoy and bringing this guy who's a little bit similar to him into the fold. Um, and the, the last knock on him is he's not played against um, higher-level competition that often, and when he has, he's not been amazing. Has he played in a foot of snow before, though? Because that could happen in, in Buffalo. In, I in imagine December. in Florida um, <laughs> that he hasn't, but you never know. Um, played away, haven't they? So, yeah. um, in round three, they also picked up Dawson Knox, as Matt mentioned earlier, a tight end out of Ole Miss. Um, this is definitely a pick just done on traits. He's really athletic. He's got great size, but on tape, there's not a great deal to see. I think Matt picked up on everything that you could see, but he was so limited in catches and in you know even attempts to him that you can't really judge how good he is with his ball skills because he wasn't getting enough of the ball. But I I think obviously it's a second third round pick. He's there to develop, but hopefully the high upside will be coming to fruition for him and they'll be able to develop him. Uh, the next player and the last player for the Buffalo Bills who I liked is uh, Voshan Joseph, who picked in round five. He's a linebacker out of Florida. Uh, I think he's another development guy, um, but he could contribute early on special teams. He's a little bit undersized and he's lacking a little bit in play strength, so I think he'd struggle to get past you know the starting offensive lineman and could like hurt him, get hurt in that type of power blitzing game. Going straight at him is just going to get 
just get stopped dead at times. But he does have really good lateral mobility, uh, which means that with a little bit of work, he could probably become quite good in coverage. But the the issue there is he doesn't seem to have great instincts. He seems to rely solely on his athletic ability, which the instincts, I don't think you can just learn instincts, which is why they're instincts, but he could probably see more plays and develop his own recognition. And with that and his athletic ability, it could become quite a useful piece. But like I say, he's going to struggle against the bigger, stronger offensive lineman. But like I say, I actually really liked him from what I saw of him at one point. And I think with the right coaching, which is what the Bills have, it could be developed into something decent. But yeah, that's a really good draft for the Bills, I thought. Okay, yeah, uh, fantastic breakdown, Eddie, of the uh, your, your much loved Buffalo Bills draft. I can't, yeah. I can't no, tell you the draft, not the team. <laughs> I can't tell you some of the words he texted me uh, after round one and round two picks for the uh, the Bills. Um, okay, uh, moving on now, we're going to go to the Miami Dolphins. Um, I focused on uh, Michael Dieter, a guard out of Wisconsin, in round three. There was no NFL.com comparison, which makes him a unique player. Uh, he can play guard, tackle, or centre. Uh, it's solid enough in pass protection, uh, which is probably the easiest thing for offensive linemen to do. Um, it, can, it can shove defenders around like it's uh, men against boys at times. Uh, when he's run blocking, uh, that's when he's he's sort of like like he's like a bulldozer. He, he just loves ball. I mean, every offensive lineman should love run blocking. He seems to sort of he would do it for free. I think if you if you asked him, um, he's easily a backup player at the moment. He adds depth to the line, but if Coach Flores needs to play him in the trenches, I don't think he's going to lose any night's sleep over doing so. Uh, I think the best bit of work the, dra- the, the Dolphins did in the draft, though, was picking up Josh Rosen. Uh, it's either going to one or two ways. He's either going to make him into a 6-10 and ten team, or he's going to get him the first round pick uh, like he did for Arizona. Uh, <laughs> I, I honestly don't believe that they got the first round pick down, down to Josh Rosen. I know you were just joking, but... I think that he had a lot of talent coming out. It was a first-round pick for a reason. They traded up for a reason because they thought there's a, a potential franchise quarterback here. And obviously then a player who no one expected to be coming out of the year after came out who's an exceptionally different talent who could be better. I mean, it's not confirmed that it's going to be better. No. But we'll see. But there's more talent around Kyler Murray now, whereas Josh Rosen was... Um, he was being, like a piñata, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was being... Uh, like guarded by um, I think two of them work for um, uh, Dustbin men to be honest with you <laughs> but they, they actually ended up with one of our first, one of our seven or six round draft picks um, I can't remember his name but he, he was a guard out of Appalachian State they picked him up and um, he started like a few games for him and I don't think he'd even saw the field for the Vikings which when you consider how bad the Vikings offensive line is it just goes to show how bad the Cardinals' injuries were. They have got some talent on the offensive line with Justin Pugh, who's a good player, but he missed a lot of the season for injury, and I'm hoping he can pounce back. Seems like a, a nice guy he did well for the Giants. Got messed around a little bit, but um, I do I do worry about um, I do worry about Josh Rosen's ability to evade any pressure, but he's a different team with a more talented offensive line now, and I don't think he'll have to be on the pitch doing the work as often because the defense is better is going to be better sorry than it than it previously has been under Brian Flores he's a absolutely excellent defensive coach we all saw what he did to to the Rams in the Super Bowl and now he's 
he's picking up talent throughout the first round of the draft and further on <laughs> and I think you can't really argue that whatever talent he does get he will do his best to develop and they'll probably utilise the run game more than the pass game just to make sure that the the, the more the more time that the defence spend on the on the field uh, it's going to tire them so they don't want that they want to make sure that they're off the field I'm rambling a little uh, a little bit got yeah. a little bit lost <laughs> but yeah Josh th- Rosen is going to have an opportunity to play simple football I think yeah, that's to draw a line I think yeah. the situation in Miami is going to make it a lot less pressure a lot less pressure on Josh Rosen yeah but then pressure me that does one or two things on it either makes diamonds or breaks pipes and from what I saw of Josh Rosen he's made some fantastic throws when he had time whether he'll have time this year will be soon to be seen. But anyway, yeah. on to round on, on one the draft. of the Dolphins <laughs> draft. After I've just given uh, Josh Rosen a glittery review. And just so anyone knows, Steve Smith, I think you're an arsehole. Whoa, said. bleep. Round one. Anyway, <laughs> the Dolphins picked up Christian Wilkins out of Clemson. Uh, it's another Clemson def- uh, defensive lineman in the first round. So they'd already seen... Uh, the fourth pick of the of the draft go to the Oakland Raiders, who we'll talk about at a future date. But this guy is a, he's a big fella. Um, he did have to. Ask Roger Goodell about how big he is. Well, yeah. Almighty. I was about to say they had to scrape part of Roger Goodell off his shoe. Um, <laughs> the Dolphins um, are about re- rebuilding the DNO lines here, which is a smart move. You, the trenches are where you need to to be tough and to be talented, and I think Flores knows that, and he's taking. He's taking over the defensive side of the ball and he's going to make them much more... I think they're going to work in a much more efficient way. They're going to be, going to be able to utilise what they do have a lot better and they're going to... That defence is going to get to a point where it's winning games as opposed to keeping them in games and that's going to be really good for them. And as I have already mentioned once already, Tom Brady hates interior <laughs> pressure. Christian Wilkins is an interior defensive lineman. You look at the rest of the Patriots' Um, the division the Jets took which I'll talk about Quinn and Williams in the first round the Dolphins took Christian Wilkins in the first round and as mentioned before the Buffalo Bills took Ed Oliver in the first round for most people that's one two and three of the best defensive tackles in the in the actual draft so coming for you Tom people know what they're doing yeah I mean that's elderly abuse it's it's not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not anything you want to advertise but like I say Wilkins is a is a character player and is a high effort player but there's a lot of talent there he was a five star recruit coming out of high school so people saw that he was athletically gifted could do it but the one thing that he did really well uh, well it's not the one thing it's all the things it was the consistency he delivered and the fact that he was a team captain he changed positions on the on the front when he were asked to I mean he might not be asked to do that very often but Brian Flores were just working with Trey Flowers, who's a bit of a utility player himself on the front line. He can play anywhere. If Wilkins can provide something like that, then it's just going to help Flores so much more. Um, Wilkins was also a captain at Clemson, and obviously is people can see what he's like. You can listen to interviews with him. He seems to have his head screwed on. He seems to be all about doing well and helping the team. And I think he's, he's got really like what the, the talent he's going to bring to the, the front line for the Dolphins is. Is quite tremendous. I think the best part of his game is the fact that he can get off the line quite fast. But his, his weakest part is he doesn't use his leverage correctly. He's, he can get like if someone gets into him early, he can he can lose his balance. But like I say, I think he's he's here because of the culture change that they're wanting there, and the fact that Flores wants the trenches to be the main point of 
um, of the team. You know, he wants to know that. But if you're on the offensive line of the opposition, you're going to be in for a fight. If you're on the defensive line of the opposition, you're going to be in for a fight. And games can be won and lost there, as we saw with Philadelphia Eagles two seasons ago. Their their continual rotation of their players on the defensive and offensive line resulted in winning a Super Bowl against the Patriots, who were on on line for the third Super Bowl. And that's, that's impressive in anyone's book. Yeah, if the Dolphins can show in the first four games that it's going to be a long day in the trenches, it's already that mindset that the opposition are going to come in and think, oh, man, we're going to be on the field and we're going to be taking some lumps today. I mean, Yoda, you're going to expect to take some hammer in, in, in either offensive or defensive line, no matter which game you're playing in. But if you've got a nasty offensive-defensive line, coming in against them, it just already has that mindset where you're not going to be happy in the position you're going to be in. Normally, you're happy to stand in and bang, but... And yeah. eight games a season, they're playing at home in a humid place. Yeah. The, the home team are ready for it, and obviously the bigger guys don't like being out there in the heat because, you know, you're banging pads with someone who does it every day in training. When you've got teams that are coming from the northeast and the, exactly. the, 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 the northwest and the cold. Not northeast and the, the cold, The temperature yeah. could be two wins a season for them, I think. Yeah, that's, absolutely, that's yeah. The, the next round, as Matt already mentioned, is Michael D. I'm not going to go into too much detail about Dieter because I think Matt pretty much covered what needed to be covered. Um he has played all over the offensive line. He's played as a tackle. He's played as a guard. He even played at centre at times. He's a big guy, but he's actually got decent feet. Um, he's got a lot of experience. He's had a couple of years as a starter, and he's got a very good football IQ, good recognition. Um, he's got good balance at the base, and he's he's, um, he's he's probably better suited at guard than anywhere else and he's consistently well anchored when playing at guard his main knock has been his length because obviously he's so big but he doesn't seem to have the long arms to be able to extend and to you know create a bit of distance between people but um, I think again it's just build, It's just the trenches they're building the trenches that's what they're wanting to do uh, round 6 they took and that's a big jump I know we went <laughs> straight to round 6 I say a prince out of Iowa State he played 3 years at right tackle so he's got decent experience on the O-line. He did struggle at times in pass protection, but when you look at last season when he were playing for the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes, Dwayne Askins threw for almost 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, so he wasn't struggling that much no. at pass protection. <laughs> um, it could basically just come in as you know competition on the Dolphins O-line. He's six foot six. He's again, he's quite athletic for someone that size. Um, he's got a little bit of stiffness to him. And he doesn't seem to want to finish plays. He doesn't want to seem to like put people into the dirt or anything like that. And he can come across as a little soft. I mean, he is six foot six, but um, I'm not too worried about having this conversation with him to his face. No, no, no. I um, call him soft either. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I'm not bothered. I'll tell him. Oh, you tell him. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell I'm him. I'm not telling him. You can tell him. <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to build on his strength. Um, but like I say, he's a sixth round pick. It could be depth and it could end up being a starter for him. And if his feet aren't that quick, I'm definitely going to be able to run away from him. So we're all right. <laughs> and then in round seven, they took Miles Gaskin, um, a running back out of Washington. Now, it's going to seem quite negative here, but the first few things I've written down in my notes are undersized and overused, which is not the greatest when you're coming into play in the NFL. No, no. And it immediately will make people think um, there's not much chance of longevity here because... There's going to be so many injury concerns and durability concerns because he took a pound in his time at Washington. Um, he might not be the type of guy you think, right, well, let's get him doing reps in practice or let's you know, give him the ball a bit because you're going to be worried that he's already pretty worn down. 
I mean, as I mentioned back about other running backs in this draft, he's got good balance and he's got good vision, which seems to be quite consistent here. But he doesn't have like the burst and the speed, the long speed to just run away from people. Um, I'm hoping he's just for his sake that he can, you know, get rest up and maybe not play many snaps this season and then get an opportunity after his body could have healed up or um, could have, you know ease off what he took over the last few years while he was at Washington but you never know he's probably going to be part of a backfield rotation or practice squad unfortunately for him but that's all I had covered for the Dolphins okay then pretty in depth there we had a bit of a wonder um, we're back on the garden path now rather than being in the weeds um, right okay the next team is the uh, the world famous New York Jets uh, I've gone with Chuma Edoga, the offensive tackle at USC in round three his NFL.com comparison was Kelvin Beachin, who was also a New York Jet, which could make things a little bit awkward if they're vying for the same position. Um, he's an excellent run blocker, which is what you expect from uh, an offensive tackle because run blocking is their bread and butter. But he seems to be a little bit, I don't know, not with it. He seems to not have understood any any sort of pass block coverage. I know, which is which is what the eyes I made. He really needs to sort of work on his pass pro, which I, I thought round three was a was a bit of a reach. Uh, that's all I've got, Ed. Uh, you crap on, son. <laughs> well, as you mentioned, the New York, New, the New York Jets world famous. Um, we're going to win the game, I guarantee it, is the famous cry, which I reckon 90% of football fans haven't heard because it was from 1967 and it was the last time that they were relevant. <laughs> but um, more than this, you know, we, we've even been relevant up until 76, so, you know. Yeah, T-Bow for a bit. Yeah, big Tim. But yeah, uh, the Jets, they're, they're trending in the right direction, I think. They've picked up a couple of good offensive weapons. They've got a new coach who I think could do well for them. But the first-round draft pick of Quinn and Williams, a de- defensive tackle out of Alabama, is an absolutely excellent pickup. There were people umming and ahhing about whether they should take him because they already have Leonard Williams, who's a, a really good defensive tackle already there. But for me, if there's an opportunity to take someone who could be a transitional, you know, generational talent, you take him and you worry about the rest later on. If you have to trade away Williams or you know you have to rotate him in and out, I can't imagine it's going to really affect your team that much. He's going to be on a rookie contract. He's going to be able to perform for you, most likely. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't perform, you give a new contract to, uh, to Leonard Williams and you don't give the new contract to Quinnen and then the issue is pretty much resolved. Yeah. But like I say, he was widely considered a top three player by I think everyone saw that from him. He's got tremendous burst. Is probably I think most people by the end of the draft process saw him as the best player in the draft. He only had one year as a starter at Alabama, but that was one hell of a year. He's incredibly explosive. He's got great strength, great hands. He's got an unbelievable ability to penetrate the O line, and it'll be pivotal to success in the NFC. Chances are. He'll be heading to a few Pro Bowls and potential All-Pros. If he stays healthy, um, I can't see why he wouldn't be a Pro Bowler for years to come. And you're not going to believe this, Matt. Tom Brady doesn't like interior pressure. This so is, this is news to me. Him. This could yeah. be used to, to the listeners as well. Round three, they took Ja'Kai Polite out of Florida. Now, until the combine and draft process kicked in, this guy was looking like a dead cert to be a round one selection, or at least round two. But the thing that soured a lot of people on him was his interviews. According to some teams, he had a poor attitude and he didn't really do great board work. Now, obviously I wasn't there. I don't know if it's true. 
but it kind of comes off like that's what's happened when you consider that he dropped from a, a shoe-in for a round one pick to being a round three pick for the Jets. There's a lot of teams do that though to try and decrease the draft sort of cap, you know, the, the, the actual worth of the guy and then try and get him as a later round pick because they don't want to waste a first or second round pick on him. If they can make other teams think that he's not well, if the Jets were the ones that did that, they've done well because he's dropped quite a lot of yeah. picks there. Um, some uh, some said that he was given some bad advice and told to put on a lot of weight before the combine because his combine wasn't great. Because he did, he does look fast on tape. He looks like you know he's he's, he's quick. He can get after the quarterback. But I think he was told that he needs to gain some weight for the combine, and it, it just it ended up having poor combine results in the end because of it. He's so fast off the snap, and he goes straight for the quarterback. That's what he's there for. That's his game. He wants to get to quarterback. He's got, he's quite poor in you know run defense. But um, if he's there just to get after the passer, which is what the Jets need, then he could end up being a good tool for the defense or a bad tool for the decent defense. If you listen, if everything what everyone said is true. Yeah. But like I say, a third round pick, it's slightly less pressure for him to perform. He can learn while he's on the defense with the ever pleasant Greg Williams. <laughs> See how that goes for him. And, he but, might learn some new words. Yeah, he might learn some new words. <laughs> but yeah, if he's used correctly, he could end up being quite uh, quite successful. Because you've got to think, there's going to be so much interior pressure coming from Quinn and Williams and Leonard Williams that it's going to free up him, free up his opportunities to be able to get to the to the passer and get get the Jets home in some of the games which he didn't have last season. But we'll see. I mean, to be, I'm going to call it right now. He's going to have at least eight sacks this season. That's going to be my prediction. Bold prediction. There are round three pickers, Matt says, was Chumaradoga, the uh, offensive tackle at USC. Um, the things that Matt didn't mention, which I'm not sure he, he even thought about, because why would you? Because we were watching tape from last season. Mm. Sam Darnold's former tackle. It's a reunion. They played together while they were at USC before. Um, it'll be an easier transition for him because he's played with Sam before. Sam will be aware of you know some of his quirks. He'll be aware of some of Sam's. Um, if they, they do have some tackles in the final years of the contracts coming up, so... I'm thinking that Chumaradoga, former five-star high school recruit, is not quite fulfilled the expectations while he's been at USC. But if he's brought into the Jets and it can be developed, and he does have a familiarity with with Sam Darnold, he could end up, you know, being that um, development piece that could end up being a starter for him in a few years. But we'll just have to be, have to see. He doesn't seem that strong. He doesn't seem that into it at times. So then that's two things you don't really want in the NFL. Maybe um, that's what I saw in, the, in his pass pro then, yeah, because he just didn't seem interested. It's an effort thing, I think. Round five, they picked up the, the linebacker out of Minnesota, Blake Cashman, who looked like he was definitely going to be playing for us. That was exactly what I thought. In in round five, the pick before us, I think it was as well, that the Jets picked him up. Um, I thought we were going to get another hometown boy who's going to be uh, running wild, but apparently not. Um, his combine were really good from what I saw. He's an incredibly high effort player. Um, he was a captain on Minnesota, a walk on as well. And he, he uh, I think he's one of the type of people who are going to just come in, grind. He's going to end up on special teams. He's going to work and get to a point where he can be a spot starter. He could be cover for some of the pickups that they've had. CJ Mosley, he could be there to cover for him at times. Obviously, it's not going to be on the same level, but you're going to get someone who's going to come in and they're going to work the backside off, which is. Always a bonus, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I really add on Jets, to be honest. Unless you want to talk about Anthony Barr deciding they want to play for the Minnesota Vikings as opposed to the New York Jets. 
because I'm happy to talk about that if you want. I think you made the right choice. The one thing I'm worried about the uh, New York Jets is they're trying to uh, trying to build a Williams Wall or reimagine the Williams Wall. I've actually heard that reference as well. Um, the only issue that they have is that the players that they're picking up are not going to be together in two years' time. I yeah. don't think. Uh, that's in reference to the uh, the vaunted Minnesota Vikings defensive tackles uh, Kevin and uh, Pat Williams. They weren't actual brothers, by the way. Just to you know, cover well, things brothers, up. Brothers, but they weren't brothers. They, were, they weren't brothers. They weren't related. Uh, <laughs> right. Just just to, you know to add a little bit of depth to that. Right. Okay. Uh, now we're going to move on to what was uh, I don't know. Some of our uh, our peers call them the they call it the Sloan of uh, Ease, the uh, the New England Patriots. Um, you might have heard of them. They've won a couple of games recently. Last couple of years, they've done all right. Uh, <laughs> picked up some jewellery from somewhere. Maybe the you know probably the jewellery store or something. Um, I'm going to look at uh, I've got a comment on the uh, the ground free pick, uh, Damian Harris, a running back out of Alabama. His uh, NFL.com comparison is the former Bears, Bungle, and Packers running back Cedric Benson. It was a pretty decent player. I know I had him as a no, I had him in a fantasy league, and he was a points machine. Um, okay, he's a well-rounded player. He's a, he's a has a bit of elusiveness about him, uh, but he's suited more to running between the tackles. Um, he's got a good athleticism, but will square his shoulders and properly power it into the trenches to pick up an hard yard. Uh, he'll need to work on his pass protection. He's not a bad catching passes out passes at the backfield, which is something New England sort of were looking at last season. So maybe it's a, a guy that can come in and replace what. Cardell Patterson was doing. Um, overall, more upside than downside. Ed. Yeah, I mean, I've I've not done a write up on Damien Harris, but the one knock that would be given to him is that he played a lot of football for Alabama and he could have been picked up a lot of knocks because yeah. they won the ball quite a lot. But with Josh Jacobs getting more more players last season, it could have given him an opportunity to get a bit healthier. Maybe uh, Bill and Nick Saban decided to have a chat and they said, look, I like Damien Harris, can you just take, it, take him out of the game a bit? Give so him a breather. <laughs> so I can have him for the league. You never know. But yeah, round one, the Patriots picked up Nikhil Harry, a wide receiver out of Arizona State. He did miss uh, most of the college season due to a neck injury, but he appears to be fully healed up now. Um, on, I'm not going to question the Patriots' draft tactics or draft techniques because they clearly know more than anyone. Yeah, if they don't know what they're doing, then nobody does. Exactly. Um, I think it's a good pickup if you if you look at that they've just had Gronk retire. They've picked up another big, strong guy who can t- pluck the ball out of the air with these. He's got great hands. And I think he's going to be used basically just to keep the chain moving, which is basically how they're going to play football now. They're going to yeah. be power run with passes to complement it, which... It work, if it works, it works, and it certainly did it in the playoffs. You'd have to get 70 um, yards in one go, you need to get him exactly, 10, 10, 10 over 3 times, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, he's got good size, like saying, great hands, like he's going to keep hold of the ball. You're not going to see very many fumbles out of him, I don't think. Um, he's, he's not consistent with his routes, and they can be a little bit uninspiring, but I reckon that the Patriots, his work ethic is going to be put to the test, which has also been questioned. But I don't think Bill Belichick's going to let anyone slack off while they're there. Um, he's got a good ability to break tackles as well. So if he does get the ball like uh, on short yardage, he's going to be able to just make you those few more yards with his, his tackle-breaking ability. Uh, but like I said, elite hands, I keep bringing it up, but I don't think people realise how important that is. Like, drops can be a killer. Just ask Laquan Treadwell, you know, the drop king. Uh, if you can't keep hold <laughs> of the ball, you're not going to get a lot of plays. Yeah, just and, the receiver is the key exactly. word isn't it <laughs> he's, he, this guy just looks like he's just going to be able to pluck anything out of the air 
but yeah, a decent enough pickup, and I think his usage will be in comparison to what Gronk will get, and he's going to be the complementary piece to the running game. Yeah. We're going to have Elliot, um, Edelman running through the middle, who's, who's going to be running here, there, and everywhere with his routes, and then there's just going to be this big guy picking these chunk yardage plays up every now and again. In round two, they picked up Joan Williams, the cornerback out of Vanderbilt. He's got ideal size and length for a cornerback, but um, he's been a little bit under the radar from what I've seen. He ran a 4-6 at the Combine, and there's not a great um, a great deal of people who've done well or been elite who have run a four, more than a 4-5. I think the uh, most famous one was Josh Norman, who was also picked in round two. But um, what is going to help him is that he's... He's got good intelligence, he's got good play recognition, and I think that'll help cover up some of the deficiencies because he'll be able to read what people are doing. And he, he's a really tough guy. He played against the, you know, the likes of AJ Brown and Demarcus Lodge, who are both really physical wide receivers, and they didn't really seem to be phased by playing against these stronger guys. Um, but one thing that he did do well is if he did have a poor play, one play, the next play, he didn't want in his head, he didn't care, he just yeah. went back to what Been he was doing. And next play is next play, yeah. And that's what I think is a really important thing because you, if you, even if you get caught out once, twice, three times, it can get in your head and it just didn't seem to bother him. And he's going to be working under Bill Belichick who can develop people with the best of them, so it could be a great opportunity. In round three, this could be one of the best picks in the draft. Now, I'm going to mention two names here, both people were picked in round one. Devin Bush and Rashawn Gary and both of them were first round picks and before both before pick pick 15 I think as well and if you look at the you know what's been said about them you look at the draft grades well like they could be excellent players but they were both on the Michigan defense along with Chase Winovich who's a linebacker out of Michigan who I'm talking about now we're talking by the Patriots um he was the biggest producer on that defense, including those two guys. He shows incredible effort. He was one of the fastest players at the his combine. Would be great. He was one of the fastest players at the combine. He had the best twenty-yard shuttle out of everyone. He's just an incredibly high-effort player. He'll do anything that's asked of him. He's really smart. His athletic ability is just it's decent for what for what's what expected of him. I can honestly see him playing for ten years. And being a pro bowler, like like I said about um, someone previously, I can see him being in pro bowl after pro bowl. I can see him being an all pro. Um, he's going to be used as a Swiss Army knife in that defense by Belichick. He's going to be a similar sort of usage as to people of like Ninkovic who they had before. He's just going to be turned into a beast. Belichick loves his linebackers, and this guy he can do a lot of things well. And I think Bill Belichick will put him in an opportunity to do him. The next round three pick they made was Jod Nikajust, offensive tackle out of West Virginia. Um, it's a development piece for most teams, but as we all know, the Patriots with Dante Skarnecchia are just a factory for creating fantastic offensive linemen. Um, Trent Brown was a seventh round pick out of San Francisco before they traded for him, and he's recently become the highest paid left tackle in the league ever. Considering he played at right right tackle for most of his career, the one season he's played at left tackle for the Patriots, he was an was, all pro. Wasn't it the season before that the uh, the, the Giants had traded for? Um, or did they pick up? Um, oh, uh, Nate Soldo. Nate Soldo picked up beginning of this uh, beginning yeah. of the season this last season, yeah, and and he got he was before that yeah. he was he was the highest paid offensive tackle. So I mean, yeah, offensive lineman. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, they, they, it, don't have, they, they don't they don't have to produce them. 
but the one thing I will say as well which is a bit of a knock is he didn't play very well for the Giants didn't uh, well, what's, that, what's that saying we wonder exactly yeah. I think with the right coaching anyone can do well the one th- the thing that uh, Yodnick just does have is that he's an athletic player he's incredibly strong at the point of attack he will blow people into the backfield um, with the Pats using the power run game now that could be just a tremendous tool for him as well because they, they are going to maul people and he's clearly got a high amount of strength and, and athletic ability to be able to just do what they need to be done it could be a st- I mean I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a starter um, early on in the season but obviously last year's first round draft pick from uh, Georgia is coming back uh, I cannot remember his name unfortunately I do apologise but yeah they, they did take a guy who could play ta- tackle and guard uh, but I'm sorry I can't remember his name it's, so he played on the same team as Sonny Michelle uh, both played together but he was injured at the beginning of last season, but yeah, he's not, he didn't play it all last season, did he? I know, you, I know, no. you'd mean as well. I can't think of his bloody name. I think it's. Um, I'm gonna have to check. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm gonna have to check. Do you want me to do a little dance to fill in for you? Or? Yeah, if you can just sing a little, a little bit of a song. Right. Nobody wants me singing. Not are you even. Sure? I mean, there. Are, it could sound like people being murdered. It sounds like a like an abattoir being set on fire. Me, me singing. So, uh, so it, maybe not. It begins with an I. I you know that. If that's oh, he's got he's got a, a name. Uh, he's got a name two arms two legs potentially he's got a, a, hand, a head he plays football sometimes yeah plays football for the, potentially for the New England Patriots oh Zaya Wynn there, there we go there we go there we go with an eye I think I feel quite well there yeah you did well cookie for me yeah cookie for you mate <laughs> but yeah he's coming back um, so the offensive line is he's going to be in good shape again shocker which is you know lovely for him but then the next round they picked up a player in round four called Jarrett Stidham, who was quarterback out of Auburn. Now, this could be one of the steals of the draft, which is a surprise, really, considering that the Patriots, every pick seems like it could be the steal of the draft. Yeah. Um, he's an athletic quarterback, and he's got really good arm talent. Uh, but last season, he was absolutely destroyed by really poor offensive line play. Auburn's offensive line was terrible, and it, it, the match had a revolving door in front of him. <laughs> and it led to him having some some bad football played had he come out the previous draft a lot of people had him touted as a round one quarterback and he's gone in round four now due to the fact that he wasn't protected properly as I mentioned before coming to the Patriots you're probably going to be protected properly Yeah, you're probably not going to start straight away either Is he Tom Brady in front of you yeah, was he in front of or behind Brian Hoyer depends <laughs> how he does in depends in how fast he walks I suppose <laughs> but yeah um, he's going to he's going to come in he's going to develop he's going to be able to learn and with the right coaching, he could potentially end up being a replacement for Tom Brady. <gasps> I'm not saying he's gonna be Tom Brady, but you know, when Tom Brady turns 52, Jared Sinema will still be in his 30s, so <laughs> he could play. But yeah, I think they've done really well with the draft again. Um, there's players dotted in there; you'd be happy to have on your team. I'd have happily had Yod just, I'd have happily had Jarrett Stidham, I'd have happily had Chase Winovich in my team. Juwan Williams, I'm sure that Zim would have loved to have him as a cornerback, and yeah. I think it matters. <laughs> but yeah, they've done fantastic. I think the AC East draft on a whole, I think every team had some hits, but um, not so many misses. Yeah. But we're going to find out when the season starts. Okay, cool. We've got a couple of pieces of, house, of uh, housekeeping to do. Uh, in the first pod, I called Eddie a draft nerd which he kicked back at, I will just say he's already sent me his first 2020 mock draft. Um, <laughs> also, a little bit of a mailbag session. If any of you got any questions for us, football related or, I don't know, personal if you want, um, our email address is eddieandmattoktc at gmail.com. 
Uh, right, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. If yeah, you've thanks not, a lot, guys. Yeah, if you're not, if you're not subscribed, you know what you are. We'll see you later.